There is only one way for us to be prepared to be a sanctuary of the Lord. And let's uh, kind of start off with that word sanctuary in and of itself. You want to? The word sanctuary means some different things to different people, but the word sanctuary itself really refers to a place that is sanctified. That is a place that the Holy Spirit dwells in and inhabits. So when we talk about the church sanctuary, it's not the place where you're not supposed to have coffee. Okay, It's the place where the Holy Spirit is to reside. In other words, we call this room the church sanctuary because we long as God's people to be in His presence. Right? And when we sing this song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, what we're saying is, God, I want the Holy Spirit to inhabit my life, to live in me. So the lyrics are really a prayer. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Lord, prepare me to be a place that you would live in and inhabit. And when we pray that prayer, we're really admitting something. And confessing something. We're saying, God, there is no way that I could make myself holy enough for your Holy Spirit to come in. So, God, you're going to have to do a preparatory work that only you can do. And you are going to have to make me inhabitable. You're going to make me fit to be a place where you can live. In John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, we see Jesus having a conversation along these lines with a man named Nicodemus. And it's from this passage of Scripture that I want to preach to you on this idea. Born again. Born again. You see, God has to do a work in our hearts and our lives in order for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of us. And Jesus talked about that work of God in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Listen to these verses from God's Word. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, some translations say born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, 
And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The main idea I want to share with you from this passage of Scripture is simply this. In order to be a Christian, you must be born again. In order for the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, you must be born again. There is no other way to be a Christian. There is no other way to be a sanctuary that the Holy Spirit inhabits than to be born again. So let's talk about this idea of being born again. You want to? Way back in the early 80s, before I was born, there was a presidential candidate by the name of Jimmy Carter. Anybody who's older than I am remember that fellow's name? All right. I'm not going to ask you how you voted back then. Some of you may not can remember. In an interview, as he's running for a political office, someone asked him if he was a Christian. And you remember his reply and his response. He didn't just say that he was a Christian, but he certified that he was a born-again Christian, right? Uh, Jimmy Carter is a Southern Baptist church member in Georgia. And when he used that phrase, born-again Christian, it kind of became this phrase that just set people into, what is he talking about? Well, what does it mean that he's not just a Christian, but a born-again Christian? And when people began to realize that he was talking about a passage of Scripture in the Bible, specifically from John chapter 3 that we just read, they would come to Jesus and Nicodemus' conversation, and some would read these words, and they would say, Amen. Because the only way to be a Christian is if you're truly born again. And other people come to this passage of Scripture and kind of scratch their heads and do the same thing that your dog does when you say something that he or she doesn't recognize. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's the... What in the world? A born-again Christian. And so it caused some confusion, but it also brought some clarity. And really with this conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus, it does the same thing. It brought some confusion, but it also brought some clarity. In order to be a Christian, you must be born again. Before we dive deep into this passage, let me just kind of set this up in your mind so that you might have a better understanding of at least where Jesus and Nicodemus are coming from. How many of you have been born? Guys, I know it's spring break, but that's not a hard question. All right, the hands are going up. Just, okay, just so we can make sure that no one has died in the sanctuary this morning, how many of you have been born? Okay, good, good, all right. Everybody's still with us today. We've all been born, right? I mean, here's the incredible thing, though. We could point back, many of us, to the date, the place, even the time in which we were born, right? For me, it was April the 18th, 1988, in North Little Rock, Arkansas. 
I was born at 7.58 a.m. You want to know something really weird about that, though? I don't remember it at all. How many of you remember the day that you were born? You remember everything, like coming out of your mother's womb. You remember the whole thing. Other than a sarcastic individual, we have nobody, right? We were all born, but we don't necessarily remember the day of our birth, what all transpired. Jesus is going back to something that Nicodemus could understand very well, yet still be mystified by at the same time. I mean, birth is really kind of a mysterious thing. We understand how babies are formed when a man and a woman come together. We even understand through medicine and technology nowadays a little more about how babies develop in the womb and then how babies are birthed and brought into this world. But it's still, even for those who know much as doctors and scientists, it's just an amazing thing, this process of birth. Jesus is trying to help Nicodemus see a spiritual truth through something that he would know very well and through something that he really didn't have a full understanding of. And so when Jesus sets the table for Nicodemus, he wants him to come to a realization that just as a person is born, and they know they're born, So must a person be born again to be a Christian. But just as a person couldn't fully explain all of the processes involved with their birth, or maybe even fully comprehend it, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, some of this is probably not going to make sense to you, yet you know that it's true. The truth is that for every single one of us, Nicodemus back in this day and time, me back in April of 1988, we are all born into a sinful world with a sinful heart. In fact, maybe you can remember all the way back in the book of Genesis when God had created Adam and Eve. The very first two human beings. He made them without sin. Innocent in his eyes. He gave them one prohibition. Do not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We are all descendants of Adam and Eve. We are born with a sin nature. Therefore, when we are born, even as precious as we are as newborn babies in the arms of our parents, we are all born spiritually dead. That is, there is something within us that is wrong, tragically wrong. And the day that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, they didn't just stop breathing and fall out on the ground. That would happen hundreds of years later when their bodies would no longer function and they'd be buried. 
But that very day that they sinned, something happened within them. Spiritually, they died. No longer did they have intimacy with their creator. Hid from him. They covered themselves up because they were ashamed. They were dead in their trespasses and sins. All of us are dead in our trespasses and sins. And so when this man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night, he was coming to Jesus in spiritual darkness and in spiritual deadness. Though he was alive physically, he was spiritually dead. But even in the darkness, Nicodemus had come to realize a few things that he knew to be true. Some facts of the light of the Lord. And notice in verse 2 of John chapter 3 that Jesus came to Nicodemus and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Nicodemus himself was not just a rabbi, but a master rabbi. Jesus later on in this chapter calls him the teacher of Israel, perhaps even referring to a huge position of authority and power that Nicodemus had amongst the Jewish people as a teacher of teachers, a ruler of the Jews, he's called in verse 1. Yet Nicodemus comes to Jesus and calls him rabbi. He did that because he respected and revered Jesus. He knew Jesus was teaching the truth and performing miraculous signs that he could only perform if God had sent him. In fact, Nicodemus said as much, no one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. So when Nicodemus came to Jesus in the dark of the night because he's spiritually dead in his sins, he recognized that Jesus had some light to reveal to him so that he could understand God's truth in a way that he never had before. It's like he's opening himself up, saying, even though I'm a ruler of the Jews, a man of the Pharisees, a teacher of Israel, I know that you are a teacher who can teach me something. And so right out of the gate, Jesus said, well, here's your lesson. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This would have been a startling reality for Nicodemus. Because you know what Nicodemus thought of himself? I must really and truly know God. If anybody is bound for heaven when they die, Nicodemus thought, it has to be me. Why? Because he was born a Jewish man. One of the chosen people of God from the Old Testament. Surely, Nicodemus thought, if anybody is in good standing with the Creator, it's me. I was born a Jew. But Jesus said, no, unless you're born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. And here's what I want you all to understand today. It was a truth that really rattled Nicodemus to his core. And it should make us think as well. 
You are not born a Christian. You are not born a Christian. You must be born again. Let that sit and soak in. You are not born a Christian. You must be born again. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people and they will say something along these lines when we're talking. Because they, they want to follow Jesus. They want to be a Christian. And so I'll ask them in a conversation, well, when did you begin to follow Jesus? When did you ask Jesus to save you from your sins? When, when did Jesus change your heart and give you a new life? And sometimes people answer that question with these words. I've always been a Christian. Folks, let me set the record straight. No one has always been a Christian. Every single person is born spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins. If you're sitting here this morning thinking, well, Jake, I don't know about that. I've always been a Christian. Let me remind you of what Jesus said. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus had been born, but Nicodemus had been born spiritually dead in his trespasses and sins. It did not matter that he was a teacher that knew the Old Testament. It did not matter that he was a Jew. What Jesus said is unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You are not born a Christian, you must be born again. You may be sitting there thinking, well, Jake... Come on, man. The first place that my parents took me after I was born in the hospital and went home was the church building on a Sunday morning. Hey, man, me too. I went to church on Sunday morning when I was two weeks old. I don't remember that just like I don't remember being born. But just because I went to church at two weeks old doesn't mean I was born a Christian. None of us are born Christians. You must be born again. And it kind of puzzled Nicodemus. But Nicodemus knew that what Jesus was teaching was true, and so he asked Jesus a question in response to this teaching. Look back at verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, some people have gotten this idea that Jesus is being made fun of by Nicodemus. That Nicodemus is saying these words to make Jesus look like a fool. What Nicodemus is actually doing is playing the role of a student with his teacher. Nicodemus, remember, was a teacher of teachers. The way that rabbis would teach their students is that they would teach a truth. And the way that students would try to learn and soak in this truth is by asking their teachers a question so that their teacher could explain to them what exactly they were talking about. 
In fact, you may have done this before, perhaps in school, maybe even on the job, as someone's training you how to learn a certain skill so that you can be more productive on the line. You say, well, what about this? Or could you explain it to me again? I'm not getting it. Nicodemus isn't saying, Jesus, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What are you talking about? Nicodemus is saying, Jesus, get the illustration that you're providing here. How is that even possible? I mean, Nicodemus is trying to picture in his mind the analogy Jesus is making. Jesus, how can I climb back into my mother's womb and be born again? I, I, I don't understand. Please help me get it. He's wanting to learn the lesson in earnest. And so Jesus restated it in verse 5. Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying again in just different words, you must be born again. Now, some people have taken uh, verse 5 and done some different things with it. Uh, I'll share with you a, a few false interpretations, and I'll give you the, the actual one. Some people have said Jesus is talking here about being uh, born of the water and the Spirit in terms of being naturally or physically born, and then being born spiritually or supernaturally. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Some people have said that Jesus is saying that you have to be born of water. That is, you have to be baptized. And you have to be born of the Spirit. That is, that you have to be spiritually regenerated. And then you're saved. Then you can enter the kingdom of God. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus had not yet baptized his disciples, nor given the man that his disciples be baptized. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is using an allusion to the Old Testament that Nicodemus, as a teacher of the Jews, would have understood very well. Back in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27, Ezekiel the prophet said these words, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Jesus is telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, there is nothing that you can do here in order to make yourself be born again. You cannot climb back into your mother's womb and be born a second time. Jesus makes that clear when he said in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And this brings me to the second thought. You cannot make yourself a Christian. You can't. You try all you want to. You cannot make yourself a Christian. Did you know that? You must be born again. There is no way 
that you can get rid of all of this sin in your life and somehow go, okay, God, I got rid of all of my sin. Now I have made myself a Christian. Doesn't work that way. There is no way that you can pray so much to God that you become this holy person and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you because of all of the good things that you've done. It doesn't work that way. Nicodemus is saying, okay, Jesus, I have to be born again. How, how, how can I birth myself again? It's kind of a funny question, isn't it? Let me ask you guys this question. We know you've been born, right? We know that you don't remember the day of your birth. Let's think about it this way. How many of you caused yourself to be born? How many of you created yourself? You didn't do that, did you? In fact, you didn't really have a choice in the matter. When Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again, he's saying, Nicodemus, it's not a matter of trying harder or doing better. This is what so many people think still in our day and time. In order to be a Christian, I just stop doing bad things and I start doing good things, right? Wrong! Listen to me. You cannot be good enough to become a Christian. You cannot erase your bad so that you can become a Christian. You cannot make yourself a Christian. You are born in the sinful flesh. It takes a spiritual rebirth of the heart in order to follow Jesus Christ. You cannot make yourself a Christian. You must be born again. And Jesus went on to reiterate to Nicodemus that he had to be born again in verses 7 and 8. I mean, I can still kind of picture it in my mind's eye, can't you? Nicodemus has asked in earnest, Jesus, would you please explain it to me again? It, the dots just aren't connecting. And Jesus said in verse 7, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. I mean, I kind of picture Nicodemus doing that doggy head tilt thing again. Don't you? Hey, Lord, I'm still not getting it. And Jesus said, don't, don't marvel that I said you must be born again. And then Jesus goes into another illustration to perhaps, perhaps explain his point to Nicodemus. The wind blows where it wishes. And you can hear the sound of it. But you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. You can put up a weather vane and measure the direction of it. It's coming out of this direction and it's going this direction. But where did it start from? Where's it going to end up? We don't know. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind is a good illustration of the movement of the Holy Spirit in the hearts and lives of people. How many of you were here last Sunday morning during the worship service and got to hear Chuck Gray's testimony about being saved from his sins? Wonderful, wasn't it? 
Amen. It was good. If you weren't here last week, you can go check it out on our Facebook page later. Uh, just watch his testimony. He shared of how God changed his life. It, it's incredible. Uh, folks, Ray Stone could tell you this, and some others could too. There's a lot of us been praying for Chuck to be saved and to become a Christian a long time. Like more than a decade. Family members, friends of his. And for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit just came in to the picture and just blew through his life. And all of a sudden, he repented of his sin, he trusted in Jesus, and he's been reborn. I mean, I can't even really explain it. All I can tell you is the old is dead and there's a new Chuck that's alive in Jesus. And if you've experienced this rebirth, this spiritual regeneration, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the Holy Spirit turns our lives over. But we're not upside down anymore. It's like we've been upside down and He sets us right side up. And it's like even though we've been alive, we're living for the first time. And it's like even though we have known a bunch of things and experienced a bunch of things, we finally know the truth. And we're finally able to experience the life that God had created us for. Nicodemus, I'm sure, was just flabbergasted when Jesus told him again, you have to be born again. You have to be born of water and of the Spirit. And he said, don't marvel. You must be born again. Here's what Jesus wanted Nicodemus to realize. And here's what we need to realize as well. You are not raised a Christian. Through something that someone else does to you or for you. You must be born again. Nicodemus had grown up being taught the Bible. He had grown up hearing from God's word. But no one else could make him come to know the one true God in a personal way. Other than God himself doing a work in Nicodemus' heart and in his life. I want to share this with you and I want you to understand. There have been many people who have shared the gospel with Chuck Gray. Ray Stone's one of them. I'm one of them. Some others of you sitting out there, some of them. There have been many people who prayed for that man to come to know the Lord. I didn't make Chuck a Christian. Ray didn't make Chuck a Christian. Chuck's family didn't make Chuck a Christian. Chuck was born again through the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me and hear me out. There is no one who can make you a Christian. You may have a grandmother who loved you and brought you to church. She can't make you a Christian. You may have a preacher, a pastor, who teaches the truth of God's Word. No matter how much he loves you and wants you to follow the Lord, he cannot make you a Christian. You hear me? Thanks for coming on Sunday mornings and listening to me preach. But it doesn't matter how many sermons you hear of mine. I can't make you saved. Doesn't work that way. 
The Holy Spirit has to blow through your life in a mighty move so that you trust in the Lord Jesus and turn away from your sins. You're not raised a Christian. You don't just come to know the Lord through this process of time because all these other people make you a Christian. It doesn't work that way. You're not raised a Christian. You must be born again. Brings some real confusion, doesn't it? And at the same time, it brings some real clarity too. You're not always a Christian. You're not born a Christian. You have to be born again. You can't make yourself a Christian through any good that you do. You must be born again. Someone else cannot raise you and mold you and form you to become a Christian. You must be born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. In order to be a Christian, you must be born again. Say, Jake, man, I'm I'm having a tough time with this today. I think Nicodemus did too. But maybe this will help. There was a pastor who had been asked to come and preach a revival at a church. And you guys remember how the old school scheduled revival services were? You had a worship service every night. Some of you may can even remember where you had multiple worship services. Maybe one in the morning, one at noon, and then one in the evening. They lasted all week long. This minister who had come to preach the revival service preached the first night of this revival. This passage, John chapter 3. You must be born again. They had the invitation time where people could respond. No one responded. The second night he came to preach the revival service. He preached again from John chapter 3. You must be born again. And again that night, the invitation was given for people to turn from their sins and follow Jesus, and no one responded. One of the deacons of the church came up to him and said, "Uh, Preacher, that's a good message, but we heard it last night. Why did you preach it again? And he quoted Jesus' words, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Deacon thought that was kind of weird, but he came back the next night, third night of this revival service, and would you know that that revival preacher preached from John chapter 3, the same message, you must be born again. And at this point, it wasn't just one of the deacons, but a few of the deacons and some church leaders came up to him and said, hey, listen, that is a good sermon. We're not saying that this is bad, but... You've preached the same sermon three nights in a row. No one's come forward during the invitation time. What are you doing? And he quoted Jesus' words, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The fourth night of the revival service, the preacher got up, preached the same message from John chapter 3. You must be born again. Would you know what happened that night 
as the invitation was offered. Some of the very same deacons and church leaders who had asked why that man was preaching that passage came forward during the invitation time and said, you know what? It took us four nights to finally hear and understand what you're saying. We need to be born again. And it's something we can't do. Those people were saved from their sins that night. And the Holy Spirit moved in and took over their hearts and their lives and their church. Listen to me. There may be some of you here this morning who have heard you must be born again all of your life. And for whatever reason, it's never truly made sense until this morning. You're not born a Christian. You must be born again. You cannot make yourself a Christian. You must be born again. You're not raised a Christian. You must be born again. And all of a sudden, the dots are connecting. The light bulbs are going off. The darkness that you've been in and the deadness that you've been living in. You go, Jacob, I finally get it now. I have to be born again. That's right. And if that's you here today, would you lay down your pride And would you just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I must be born again. I'm going to ask you to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. In just a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. As this song is played, I ask you to respond as God has spoken to your heart today. Maybe you truly haven't been born again. Would you just walk up here, right here down to the front, and say, Jake, just like Jesus said, I must be born again. If the Holy Spirit's moving in your heart and your life, love to talk to you more about following Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe there's someone else that God has put on your mind this morning. You've been born again. But you know someone who hasn't. They think they're a Christian. But they're not. You know they're not. The Lord knows they're not. And you just need to pray that they would understand that they need to be born again. Maybe you just need to come down to the altar this morning and pray that the Holy Spirit would move and work in their heart and in their life. Father God, we come to you now. And we are so thankful that you sent your son Jesus Christ to this earth, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and that he rose again. God, we thank you that the Holy Spirit calls people to faith and repentance. And we pray that today, here and now, even as you are calling the human hearts, 
that people would respond in faith and obedience. We pray that those who are spiritually dead would truly be born again. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.